Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. By March 1952, Project Grudge was no longer just a project within a group. It had become a separate organization with the formal title of the Aerial Phenomena Group. Soon after this, step-ups in the chain of command, the project code name was changed to Project Blue Book. The word grudge was no longer applicable. This is an excerpt from the report on unidentified flying objects here today. I am joined again by Dr. Phil. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on with you? Uh, California's on fire, <laughs> and we don't have any water to yeah. put it out with, apparently. Yeah, so I, I guess it's just going to continue on. Yeah, well, is it burning near, near you? No. It, I'm in kind of the middle of the town. <laughs> middle middle of the, here. We're in a, you're okay. I'm in the middle of like the, the suburbs of you know the town. Yeah, I yeah, saw our main town, I, Sacramento. Yeah, I saw some town had burnt down. Greenville, Greenville, Greenville. wow, Greenly, Greenly, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I said, oh man, I would have liked to. You know, it was a little gold rush era town, and um, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I would have liked to visit that town and hang out. We went up to um, a couple weekends ago. We went up to Grass Valley, and um, it was. It, Remember our, our old buddy had a, yeah. uh, his, we grew up with his, his grandfather lived up there and we'd stay at the, stay at his, uh, his place up there. I mean, if I could find a place like that, I'd buy it and live up there. That was, that was a beautiful place. Yeah. I think but, I've, I've been up there. I didn't stay at, uh, that place, but I've been up there once it's been it's a long time. Up there. It's beautiful. So, yep. So we're talking, so we're just, we're, Project. We're ending. We're ending grudge. Well, we're rolling. Getting to this, we're ending grudge, and we're kind of rolling into uh, our hero, Edward Rupelt. Is spearheading. Sounds like he's spearheading the effort of the uh, ATEC, and um, you know, guiding us into a new era of. Um, I, I think it seems like there's just a lot of interest in ufos and all of a sudden in the 50s and then you know it kind of grew from grudge to uh to the blue book but before we get started we have any uh i know you sent me a couple things this week yeah let's of them was the, the lazar real quick the lazar thing the lazar interview that was done after i, I saw is that that mickey rourke one where he was he was uh that was it? that was the the movie and then that was the this i think that was a question and answer after they had done a screening somewhere yeah and uh we I weren't, yeah the mickey rourke thing was weird i did I, yes i have and in space and space it and was, time and metaphysical oh God, vacuum bizarre. tubes and and i stepped in in a puddle and thought yeah it was yeah, weird. My, wife, <laughs> weird. my wife will accompany me on my you know, missions into watching these things. Yeah, yeah. I just can't listen to that guy. Yeah, the, the, that 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 really detracted from. I mean, when I saw that that <laughs> video, I was like, that really detracted from from the show. They didn't need it. They didn't need it. Maybe Mickey needed some money. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was just strange. Have, um, you, seen, have you seen the new Suicide Squad? Yeah, I did. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was decent. 
thought it was good. What'd you we're think? We're only about half, we're about we're about halfway through it. I'm not I'm not a big DC fan. Everything's all too dark. And, yeah. Um, what do I like about gratuitous, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one. Gratuitous violence. This one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I, I I thought it was decent. I liked the actors in it. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it. They didn't. Um, there was something else, some other DC movie. I don't remember some of some of these. Oh, it was the uh, Justice League, the first cut. Did you see that? Yeah. And then the recut, no. the second one. No, I didn't see it. Oh, the 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 first one is just weird, and then the second one, the original director, um, was that was on it. His kid died, and um, he left. And then they brought in Josh Whedon from Buffy, and he came in, and so he had to redo everything in his his vision. And it was okay; it wasn't very good. And so the the fans called for a recut by the first director, and so that happened. It's better; it's a lot better. It's like three hours; it's worth watching. So I'll have to check it out. But you know, our our, produ- our producer Robert is a. I, we were texting last night. We just happened to be watching it exactly the same time. Oh, yeah. And uh, I said, oh, have you seen the new Suicide Squad? And he's like, yeah, I'm watching it, you know, right now. And he goes, it sucks. It, it, oh. It, he's a Marvel He's a Marvel purist. It's, I, I can just t- tell you this. Oh. He's a Marvel purist. He just doesn't like the... He's, it's almost like Star Trek versus Star Wars. Oh. The people that like Star Trek and the people that like Star Wars. I like them both, but they, you know, it's um, it's almost like the Marvel people is versus the DC people. And I know some people listening out there will will, will understand this. All right, and uh, I, I kind of agree. I like Marvel better, but um, Suicide. And I've only got, like I said, I've only got through halfway, and it, I, I think it's okay right now. You know, not too I, I liked it. Love the violence. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. I mean, you can always look at one of these movies and go, it could be better. Except for some of them. Like some of the Marvel ones are just, you know, just as about as good as you can get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was worth worth my time. You know, I may okay, not watch. So what, I may not watch it again, right. but yeah, I enjoyed it the first time. So and the other video you sent was the um, the gimbal. Uh, yeah, Chris Leto and David Felch were debating the thing, but I wanted to talk about the Lazar thing. So you're having doubts about Bob Lazar? Yes, I, I don't not sure. I just doubts. I mean, it's not like I have all out don't believe him. I think he worked there for a couple of weeks, or maybe even a week. I don't know. But he got his paycheck. His paycheck, one paycheck yeah. He was able to approve. And I agree with you when you said, and we won't go over too many things, um, but we're multi, you know, repeating. But Lazar had his radiation. That's his kind of his background. Yeah, that would. And, yeah, where uh, Chris and, Mellon said he was a radiation t- um, surveyor. Tech. Surveyor, yeah. and you know that would get like you said access. He'll get access to every drawer. Yep. Um, was he able to? I just, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on. He didn't even have his clear. He hadn't even gotten his clearance yet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why would they give him access to that much before he got his background? 
Yeah. Clear. But a, um, I don't, that's the reason I'm not sold. I mean, not because I don't believe him. He's totally believable. He's the guy, very believable. I was sold. I watched him on the Rogan thing and I made my, again, made my wife, then that's like three hours. And he was riveting. Yeah. He was just riveting. And, um, I listened to, and we went up to, you know, our friend's cabin and I made our other friend listen to it in the truck on the way. And he was sold. So, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing that, but still, I don't, I just, um, I think he took that and he expanded his own. He, yeah. well, I got in there. I think he's an incredibly good. I, I would um, like, I would like to interrogate him for about yeah, I don't know if, 40 hours. Yeah. yeah. 40 to 80 hours. Okay, you Bob. Him. You waterboard him? No, no. Just, just a lengthy, lengthy, what really happened, lengthy Bob? interrogation. We're going to ask a series of questions, <laughs> and you're going to answer these questions as truthfully as possible. And we're going it, to take it, all the time in the world. So, yeah. Was, I also watched the show on. Remember, we were joking about it as I was barbecue, and I turned it on outside the. Uh, um, Netflix UFO show. Oh my god, that was so friggin' awful. I know, it was oh. horrible. They, they had the alien that they, I guess there was one alien they said survived Roswell. And that they kept it alive for a long time, but it yep. died. Well, the Got book, I've been reading uh, Corso's book, one of the top yeah. ten, it's one of the top ten um, hoax books in the history of mankind, according to The Guardian. Uh, and he says that one alien was shot by um, the military as it was trying to escape. And then they captured another one that was injured, uh, but, it, but it died. Pictures, but it you know, died. They're not even armed. They're not armed or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, halt. <laughs> Wait, then you shoot and then you go, halt. So. Um, I mean, if it's, you know, it, I, I guess it's better than it. You know, getting mind melded into or whatever they do, whatever they think they think they can do. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I, like a ray gun, a ray gun <laughs> shooting the blue, the blue beam. But I do have to say that uh, one of the things I'm really getting out of this book, the day after Roswell, is uh, sort of the military mindset because this guy was in the military for a lifer, and he was um, on MacArthur's staff and in. Um, Korea and he was intelligence in World War II and he was um, uh, in the Eisenhower White House and then he was a Congress, worked for a Congress or Senator. So this guy, if you want to sort of the, get a view of the military mindset, it really is a good place to, and secrecy and how they compartmental information and stuff because this guy's intelligence and uh, tech analysis. It was in the foreign technology thing. It's a really good book for sort of investigating in experiencing that. And then you get a, you can understand why the uh, government is so opaque when it comes to getting information on things, anything, including like UAPs or UFOs. Did you finish that book? No, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly reading it. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, what page am I? I'm on page 80. Um, what does it, what is it, I mean, is it, did it say Roswell, I mean, obviously. Is it, he said Roswell, Roswell did happen. happen. What happened? He saw an alien in a jar and uh, early on, and then he got, um, 
in the Pentagon, he got into um, – he was supposed to figure out how to deal with the, the technology they acquired from the crash site and get it integrated into the, you know, military. Yeah, it's printed circuits and Velcro. We yeah, get, yeah, Velcro. Get we got it. Or Kevlar. Kevlar and Kevlar uh, light lasers and uh, fiber optics. So, that was good. Oh, so, so hmm? good. Yeah. Go so yeah, no, it's good. It's 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 good. I'm slowly reading it. We'll see. I'm not taking notes or marking it up. I'm just I'm reading it, getting a feel for it. So then I also sent you the, the so Chris Leto, who's that F, former F-16 pilot, and Dave Felch did a analysis of we're talking about the gimbal video. Because Michael West always says that it's a, um, a flare, 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 glare, glare, glare. And there's apparently a big sort of deal about the gimbal ro- self-rotating or is it ro- flare rotation and all this crap. And I got to tell And then Mike West came out with a rebuttal video, which um, was sort of weird and uh, Thunderfoot, who's this guy on YouTube, he does like um, he does good videos, and he did a rebuttal on this. And uh, I mean, the Mike West and Thunderfoot rebuttals—they they spent like half of the videos just sort of like nitpicking and um, not really covering the details. It's just annoying. So the only thing I can get out of these videos is um, nothing. <laughs> The, yeah, I mean, I didn't get. I didn't, I watched it and I thought oh, it's kind of technical. You well, know, what did we really find out? Well, what I'm walking yeah. away with is Chris Lato and David Felch are familiar with the equipment, and they've worked with the equipment. The people criticizing it uh, are doing a good job of sort of trying to analyze it, but they don't work with the equipment. So I'm trying to think this of this as. Um, I don't know if you're using a tool. Um, I don't. I don't can't even think of an example. If you're using a tool and um, you got someone else telling you that you're using the tool wrong, and you've worked with this tool for 17 years, so I mean that's that's sort of where I'm coming from on this. So it's like a, you can't. So I don't know the videos. The, what bottom line? These videos were released by the um, Pentagon or leaked by the Pentagon by Chris Mellon. Uh, the Pentagon says they are genuine, and the Pentagon says we don't know what we're seeing here. And they have all sorts of sensors and radars and things and all this stuff. And they have looked at this stuff, and they have said that it's we don't know what it is. There is the one where they're saying it's a bird. I go, yeah, it might be a bird. The gimbal one, they're saying it's the back end of a, a jet flying away. Well, you know, they have radars on these uh ships and stuff and they they would have known if it was an aircraft or whatever so i'm going with it's an unknown and if all these people arguing about rotation and flare and whatever um they're just wasting our time because we don't know the usual story yeah as i read the book or i continue grinding through the book yeah um it's very similar to their you know they get something on radar it you know, jumps up. They they send up a an F eighty six. They chase. You know, they try to guide this thing towards it, and then the radar, the long range radar back in the fifties now. 
yeah. uh, long range radar. And then when things get closer, I guess it needs to, fo- it needs to be re. Change its setting yeah. to the closer radar, We'd, and the thing, both things disappear. Yeah, you know, and then when a radar expert, you know, somebody said it was a temperature inversion or weather problem, and or you know, one of those radar guys came in and said, "No, this is you know, this is real." The when they brought the radar in, and the things disappeared, simply wasn't correctly set up you know the radar wasn't it's not that they disappeared or anything happened it's yeah. Just that yeah they should have been able to see it but they did it um you know and this is the and so it's now today we can you know pretty much <laughs> 60 years later 50 years later we can actually paint the object with the gun side i guess is what I guess that's well, what they're doing. Well, right? the, um, what are they doing with the F-86 actually had a targeting radar, but the t- difference between what they have now and what they had then, the F-86, when your target, when your radar was on target, a light lit up on your dashboard. So that's what they're, they're seeing. And that says that you're, um, I guess you could fire your, I don't know, guns. <laughs> I think I have. Yeah, yeah they guns. I think they're guns. I'm not sure what air-to-air missiles were like back then. But um, that told you you were within targeting range. But that was just a light that came on, turned on in the dashboard. So it was getting a bounce from something. And, you know, they had the discretion to decide whether or not they could shoot or not. I'd read that. Well, the the very first thing in in Ruppelt's book is a description of um, a report that the intelligence officer at the base had him read and destroy of a a jet firing on a UFO. Yep. And it's a, it's a great, it's one of the things that just really pulls you into this book and it's awesome. I mean, and I've said it multiple times. It's like, they got things, these things buzzing our warships, shoot them down, collect the yeah. debris, do an analysis. I mean, you got, yeah, I don't, you I don't got, know why we're pussy footing around with yeah. this, honestly. Yeah. Especially if they're small, you're obviously they're, they're not manned. Just take one out, gather debris. Even a small piece will give you an enormous amount of information on what you're dealing with. So, and it's doable. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, we have to be careful because we don't know if they're we don't know if they're mad or not. If they're <laughs> man. tiny, like ten feet across, is the biggest one. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. There could be a man in that. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Know. Well, that could happen. I mean, you would think that you buzzed a warship, you would expect to get shot down. And it's kind of, it kind of baffles me that nobody could make that decision. What do we do? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's afraid, you know, everybody's all the higher ups, all the high ranking officers, everybody's afraid of if they fart in public, it's going to destroy what career they have. So everybody's, everybody's afraid to do anything. Yeah. So they're, they're paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can make a yeah. decision. I mean, if they want to go, well, should we shoot them down? It's got to go through uh, 57 different layers. There was an interview that I saw. Um, it was the guy that, um, I don't know if you saw that too. The guy, the interview of the guy that actually filmed the Tic Tac video or uh, the second flight. There was the first flight that saw the Tic Tac and then the second flight went out with um, intelligence jet went out to um, follow it. Yes. 
And that guy, I think in his video, he was talking about the layers of bureaucracy because it's a big, uh, the military is a massive bureaucracy. And he says, everything's got to go up through the, through the layers. And if something hits something at one point, it just stops and it's gone. And we saw that with uh, Project um, Sign where they, was it Sign? Yeah, Project Sign where they wrote the report said UFOs are extraterrestrials. It went all the way up to Vandenberg and Vandenberg goes, no. <laughs> and the yeah. report, the por- report got destroyed. And the only reason we know that there's a report is because Ruppelt read it. And he says, this is what the report says. I read it before they destroyed it. Um, so, yeah, the bureaucracy and career fear is um, a big deal. Well, we so. keep saying extraterrestrial. Do we need, do we know? I mean, we don't know anything, but I mean, uh, they could be from here. They could be interdimensional. They could, I, well, know, it's, well, taking we a page. Know. Well, the, the thing is, 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 uh, is it uh, somebody that um, with what we know and what we've gained in sort of scientific knowledge, we can, you, you, everyone would assume that, you know, a spaceship came from another um, solar system somewhere in our, our universe. And, you know, and it's like Star Trek, you can just travel freely about, well, that's, that may not have happened. A more likely scenario is what the uh, Harvard Galileo group is doing now, looking for extraterrestrial archaeological, whatever, is what's more likely is advanced civilizations sent out probes. And these probes could be, um, you know, they don't have to be very big. They just have to be self-contained and like self-replicating. Basically, they could mine material and build stuff. So, and then you send out a bunch of these probes. Who cares if it takes 100,000 years or, or 200,000 years to get somewhere? Uh, if they're, they're thinking, well, you know, we're going to be around in a million years. We're going to just send this off. Um, the limits of this, the, we're limited by the ability to... Um, um, exceed the speed of light. So it takes a long time to get anywhere. And we're just going to build this probe. That's going to look for habitable planets and uh, we'll send it there. And that probe could, this is a science fiction scenario. The probe will just replicate, you know, machines to investigate and explore and eventually report back to wherever, if it still exists to the yeah they, this civilization can be done by then yeah it could have been a billion years ago so that's actually so maybe we should maybe we should ignore it maybe it's like what do we care they're not hurting anything well that's what that's what the plan has been apparently has been ignoring it for 70 years what's interesting yeah. is this course corso is saying that we didn't ignore it but that uh it's sort of a it was an ongoing uh issue with the military where it was to take these things, get the technology and adapt it because that's what we do. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, I got a, I, I took a look at this paper. Remember I, we were talking about the Heineck paper where he uh, was talking about, uh, that was published in science that was um, talking about UFOs and what we knew or didn't know. Oh, I forgot about the uh, Project Grudge and Blue Book reports. But anyway, so we went through that. Um, so, so the Heineck paper, the Heineck paper, you know, where he said, you know, UFOs 
were never reported by scientifically trained people. And he says this right. is unequivocally false. UFOs are never seen at close range and are always reported vaguely. And he had that whole 10, 10 issues. Well, there was, a re- there was a rebuttal paper published in Science by a physicist and called The Physics and Metaphysics of Unidentified Flying Objects. And I have to say, it's really bad. It's oh, the, oh, really? Well, it's the usual thing. It's like, um, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're dumb. It's, it's like the... <laughs> It's the the the, the people criticizing. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's the argument between uh, Leto and Mike West and stuff. It's like, no, you're dumb. You know, so it's like, it, yeah. it's just nonsense. And he goes, uh, "What did this guy do?" He said, um, "He goes, but Heineck Heineck goes. UFOs are never reported by scientifically trained people." And then he goes, "But Heineck wrote in uh, Encyclopedia Britannica." That there were no reports of UFOs by trained observers. Okay, great. But you said. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, 1966 Encyclopedia Britannica. I have a newer Britannica that I looked at. And they, they just have like a little you know, thing about UFOs that says they're nonsense. This is crazy. Oh, really? It's crazy talk. Did say that? Is that what it says encyclopedic in encyclopedic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. People just are seeing things. Oh, my God. People are just saying stuff. This is, I don't know when this one was published. It's probably 20, 30 years old. Yeah, um, I agree. It could be, you know, drones from, you know, another guy. But there's so many different, seems to be, maybe that's just us. There seems to be so many different kinds. And, you well, know, well, see, that's saucers, they're Tic Tacs, they're... You know? Yeah, that's the that's the question is because we're we're coming up to the point of um, you know uh, we don't we don't know. I mean, I'm I've just started looking at this stuff, and it's like I was I my opinion was oh this is just a bunch of shit. This is a bunch of garbage, and um, you know, yeah, I, it's, yeah, I, well, I, I haven't seen one. You know? Yeah, I haven't seen one. I, but then I started reading um, Kehoe. Well, it's like, wow, this is interesting. And it was just, what blew me away was how big it was in the early 50s. It was huge. And then uh, Ruppelt's book is awesome. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the most, it's the Bible, I think. Oh, my God. So, you read that. Well, even, well, we'll get to it as we keep saying. Yeah. Even with the debunking, I mean, the debunking chapters that were added later, um, I don't think they really take away from it, but it it, it really applies to um, some sort of pressure or something was applied to I think to Ruppelt to to downgrade this book because of its popularity and its people going there's something going on here. Um, but yeah, so coming back to this this science paper, which was in '67. Uh, what else does he do? Does law of physics, and then he goes. And he's got to. Uh, Flight principles, speed, energy, and thrust, which is sort of just basic stuff. And then he does what I've seen time and again when you're like taking a physics class or reading a, some of these papers and stuff. It's like they'll throw out an equation, but they don't define the term because it's like, of course you know what this means. Like, no, no. And it's like, <laughs> no, come on, dude. And I'm reading, he defines all this other stuff and then he throws out this equation and it's got a reference, which I could look up and figure out what the hell he's talking about. But come on, dude, just, just define your friggin' term. Oh, God, I hate it when people do this. And then um, 
comparison between theory and reports. Uh, critical test for comparing UFO reports with physical theory. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's saying that the energy requirements for a UFO taking off, landing and taking off, is equivalent to setting off a nuclear bomb. And he goes, people would notice. I go, okay. what sort of argument is this? First, first he says, Heineck is a contradicted himself. Fine, people, but you're never allowed to change your mind on anything. And then he says that taking off and landing of a UFO would be equivalent to a nuclear explosion. Mm, okay, all right, uh, because of rockets. Uh, and then unpublished reports. Uh, he wrote Heineck on 20 December 1966. He wrote that he had no reliable reports concerning landings and liftoffs. He also told me in a telephone conversation that he had no records of cases wherein a reliable witness visited an ex extraterrestrial craft or talked with an occupant, which is fine. Uh, and then he uh, talks about the Socorro case, which is Zamora, which is that cop that saw a um, flying saucer with a couple little people and yeah. took off. That's a fascinating case. And uh, he goes, so then he states to me in his letter, uh, says, with the exception, takeoff, landing, deal, science, I mentioned science, not deal with landing and takeoffs. The only known case of landing and takeoff up to this point was the Socorro case, which is a mora. Um, Air Force has accepted my recommendation a long time. If And then he goes, if the Air Force had accepted my recommendation for a long time ago to have the material in machine readable form, because there's 10,000 or more reports at Project Blue Book at this point, right. um, we could query it um, and have an answer in a few minutes. But basically, Heineck is just saying the files are so extensive, uh, he can't, he doesn't, he doesn't remember, he just hasn't read them all. And one of the things I got from reading the uh, McDonald um, biography is, is James McDonald used to go to Blue Book archives and just dig out all this fascinating cases, which sort of like drove him nuts because he's like, I can't believe this stuff is here and nobody's done anything with it. And the Air Force made going to the archive and copying these things even more painful for people, which is irritating. The Air Force... If you went in there and copied files, they charged you 35 cents a page. And this is in the 60s. Oh, that's big money then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so they, they set up, set it up. So it was cost prohibitive for people just to go in there and copy stuff. It's like, all right, great. And then this guy goes, the latter part of the letter that Heineck sent to this guy that wrote the science thing is puzzling. I was not interested in the Air Force files. I was specifically interested in the case in Heineck's files. Okay, why don't you ask him that while you're on the phone? <laughs> or write him back yeah. or phone him back. And then he talked to uh, Hector Quintanilla. Oh, and last time when I, um, I was talking about Hector Quintanilla, Major Quintanilla, he's actually yeah. written a book that's unpublished and it's at the uh, and the person that owns this book is Bigelow because he had his um, he had some sort of institute to study unusual phenomena it's gone now and oh really yeah Bigelow I was I've listened was listening to Bigelow's um, interview at um, on Joe Rogan I've listened about half of it Spotify yeah. is on Spotify 
And um, um, yeah, he's he's weird. Anyway, uh, Bigelow's, I don't know. I, I think he might be having money troubles because he shut down his space uh, habitat business and he closed his research institute and all this other stuff. So oh, I don't really. Yeah, I have a feeling that his uh, money's running out. But this, he has the manuscript of Quentin Neal's unpublished uh, book with Project Blue Book, which they should publish. Well, remember, he Bigelow Aerospace had that Skinwalker. You know, they were in, on that yeah. Skinwalker ranch. Yeah. Like he was the second owner. I, it was bought by a homesteader, and he bought it from the homesteader for a couple hundred thousand, and he sold it to this new guy with his. The new Skidwalker Ranch. Yeah, the new show, which is okay, you but know, it's not great. It's we found a pebble, okay. and everyone looks shocked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, it's, a, it's a joke. Okay, yeah, let's face it. yeah. Oak Island. You it's know. Oak Island. Oak Island it's in the Oak desert. Oak Island with UFOs. Yeah. Oak Island with UFOs. Well, Oak Island in the desert because we don't, we don't. They say they were seeing UFOs, and it, well, they don't say. And it, it, before they were talking about interdimensional things happening, and what I don't know what the attraction is there, but it's not even worth really talking about. It's just yeah, I, I watched the yeah. first season and I, I'm not gonna, I haven't bothered with the second season, but we're watching it, we're watching it. And it, it's, well, I'm waiting like I am with yeah. the curse of the curse of Oak Island, which I found, like you said before, I found a penny. I found, well, I didn't find a penny, I found a coin or I found a button, or, yeah, you know, we haven't found any, you know, they're talking about, you know, the. the the arc down there, you know. Yeah. And it's like it's not the arc, but the um covenant, the Ark of the Covenant down oh, there. Oh they're they, oh this is on Oak Island? Yeah. No, they, that's in Ethiopia. Possibly could be that. The Ark of the Covenants in in a church in Ethiopia. Yeah, but they don't you know how in fact how do they protect that i know they tried to somebody tried to storm that thing and take it and they actually fended them off it was crazy you well, would think they're motivated jump in there and, yeah well but, i don't know i don't know well yeah they're motivated so yeah um yeah we'll see yeah bigelow bigelow is uh i think he's interesting uh i don't know what's going on with him at this point and we'll see if his his space business comes back but uh, i suspect that his um he's yeah, he's broke. Is my impression. Yeah. Well, he is broke for a billion. Broke you know, for a billionaire. Yeah, but you know, he didn't. I think maybe he was wanting to get involved in the, the space things that um, you know are being involved now, and he like with SpaceX and all that. I don't. I think he envisioned himself being, or he was a defense contractor like Tony Stark. In you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, you know, but I don't know if he's destitute or anything. And no, he's he's broke for a billionaire, so it means he's. I yeah. have a feeling he's only worth several hundred million dollars now, and not worth billions. So that's broke for a yeah. billionaire. It's broke for a billionaire. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, with yeah, this amazing. this science rebuttal to um, Heineck's letter, so this guy talked to um, he phoned Major Quintanilla. And Quintanilla did not know of a single case in the U.S. Air Force files of a confirmed report of a landing and a liftoff, except for the Zamora sighting, 
Uh, and then he goes, conclusion, at the Wright-Patterson, we have not been able to identify or determine what type of vehicle or object Mr. Lonnie Zamora observed on 24 April 1964 at Socorro, New Mexico. The object or vehicle displayed flight character- characteristics within the state-of-the-art and the sighting cannot be attributed to atmospheric or astronomical phenomena. In this respect, this is Quentin Nia talking. In this respect, I can categorically state that the vehicle or object observed by Mr. Lonnie Zamora was not an interplanetary space vehicle visiting the planet Earth. I don't know how you can draw that conclusion if you can't even identify the vehicle. So, um, this case is still open and the investigation is still in progress. So, it's like, I love it where this guy goes, there is no, no case of a report of a UFO landing and taking off. None whatsoever. Absolutely zero. Except for this one that happened uh, in 1964. There's none except for this one. And then we don't know what it is. It's like, come on. Yeah. Um, I thought that, I mean, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but this is like a physicist that definitely cannot think critically. This, this is a hit piece. This is just a hit piece. Right. Against Hynek. And then he comes back, says, blah, blah, gravity shields and semi-magic, which he's talking about um, uh, buzzard ramjets and why they're impossible. Um, buzzard ramjets are possible. There's been a lot of work, work interstellar uh, ramjets. Or, the theory is solid behind them. I think the problem with the ramjets is that there's not enough particles to drive them. It's what they've coming to conclusion that come to lately. I don't know. Uh, and then he says interstellar communication is is good, but it won't work. Uh, it will be good if a planet is with 100 light years, but greater than that, the signal to noise ratio means we won't hear anything. So he says SETI won't work. Uh, space flight you know, beyond our current understanding won't work. And then he, at the end, he goes... Oh, no, I still goes, oh, my God. It says, uh, lack of definite e- evidence. Uh, no extraterrestrial spacecraft or passenger thereover has been, ever been presented to Congress. He's sure of this. That's good to know. Wow. Uh, no reliable report exists of anyone having talked with an extraterrestrial visitor. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, no accident has ever occurred at landing or liftoff, which has left an extraterrestrial spacecraft on the ground, despite thousands of alleged landings. Oh, I sent you something. I told you to buy it. Buy it. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yes. Yes. I will. I will uh, buy it. Uh, it's got, it's got Roswell. It's got Roswell in it, where they actually went to the site and did a survey and looked around. Um, How legitimate is this? Uh, this is uh, Kufos Center for yeah, UFO okay. Studies. It's one of their their um, um, I don't know their letters, um, their their annual report, whatever. It's le- it's as legit as Kufos is. So. Oh really? Yeah. They came That's out with the. Yeah, it should be it should be decent. I mean, it's not it's not like a. Um, I didn't want to buy it because I bought too much crap. You got to do it. Oh, no, no, I got it. Yeah, yeah. It just, I, I logged into eBay. Route. Yeah. It doesn't, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I immediately went to get it. I was in the middle of work, and I'm like, I'll just get it right now. It's telling me, and then it didn't work. So I'm like, oh, I got to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick it up. 
But yeah, it should be, uh, and then copy it and send me a copy. I will. Uh, it should be should be interesting. Uh, Kufos also, you can get all. I haven't done it yet. I'll do it at some point. You can buy a DVD with all their um, reports and everything, but it's a hundred bucks. So, really, now Ku- how Center for UFO Studies? Kufo, how long has that been around for everybody? Heineck founded that. Okay, and um, okay. so their reports only come up through the early '90s, and then they stopped doing it. Now it's just an archive. I've corresponded with the guy that runs it because I've I'm been researching the um, Gulf Breeze sighting. Oh, and, really? With the guy? Really, the guy that runs Kufa? Yeah, yeah. So I had, I've actually spent a small fortune and picked up a, a report written by a guy who used to be an investigator for Kufos for a number of years, and I, right. I I wanted some background information on the guy to find out, you know, sort of his just a general opinion. And the guy wrote back to me and he said that he was solid and he, he did investigation for him for years and then he left and just disappeared and they don't know where he is now. And then I picked up um, a book that he edited for another small fortune uh, called the uh, who's who of ufology directory published in 1998 and uh, which isn't complete because I looked up a bunch of people that I'm familiar with and it's not in there. But it was their first pass and they never did anymore. And this was put out by Kufos. <clears throat> but he has some biographical information in there on the guy. So I just wanted to find out, you know, is this guy, uh, you know, stand up to scrutiny and not because I've looked at other debunkers and there was one debunker I looked into and the, the guy is just a problem child. Yeah. Um, and, um, so you want to, I want to make sure this guy wasn't a problem child. And so you're like, okay, you look at what he's doing and then you find out that he's, you know, a cr- crazy person basically. And one of these debunker guys that I read about is just nuts. And some of them are just weird. Um, they're just, um, they're just out there to, I think they just like the attention. I don't know what it is. Uh, okay. One, uh, no accident. He says no accident has ever been reported liftoff, but supposedly, I don't know about Roswell, but Roswell is really sort of hung in there. Uh, so yeah. Roswell would be an accident potentially. Um, and then he says, we would expect visitors to contact us, take close up photographs and study us in detail before starting the long voyage home. Well, if it's a probe that was sent out a hundred thousand years ago, it's not going home. No, it's going to it's going to gather information and document and then it's going to, you know, send another probe home to report or it's going to build a massive communication laser in the orbit of uh, um, Pluto or Neptune or something like that. And he says uh, Heineck explains the lack of contact by asking why should extraterrestrial visitors try to communicate with us? He states that. We would, he states that we would observe, but wouldn't try to communicate with a new species of kangaroo in Australia. So, which, you know, that depends as if, um, if you have, if it's just a probe that's designed to gather information, it's not going to communicate, even if it's printing, um, you know, creatures to run around and talk to us. So, yeah, we would, we wouldn't talk to the kangaroos, but we'd pick them up and cut them open to see how they ticked. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but you know, I mean, anything could be. I mean, these things could be us from the future. We've talked about this before. I mean, we, you know, yeah, they, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't think that uh, time travel is really you're possible. Not, you're not, I'm not subscribing a, to the time travel. No, I don't subscribe to that. I haven't. <laughs> Theory. I, I, yeah, <laughs> there, there's theory. there's some odd theories out there that say it might be possible, but um, oh, I got a cat that wants attention. <laughs> can you hear that? I can hear the cat. Yeah. Well, what's the what's cat's name? Idiot. Idiot. No, cat. no, <laughs> it's Beetle. He wants it's, he wants someone to come play with him. He's like, come play with me. <laughs> they want attention. Yeah, he wants attention. But he sits in the other room and he, he drags a string around and then he'll he'll like sit in another room and he wants you to come there and, and pick it up and walk around with it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. How old's your cat? How old's the cat? Uh, he's not going to be lo- that much older. I got to get up and shut the door. <laughs> Hang on, I'll be right back. <laughs> So while Bill's uh, up there shutting the door, um, we uh, Rupel puts in a lot of effort in putting in the uh, some UFO sighting information in the chapter we're reviewing. So we're looking at that and seeing that um, as they develop from Grudge into Project Blue Book, that it's becoming a more legitimate. Um, bur- not a branch, but an Inve- action of, of investigation. Military, yeah, I, I, I'm going to stop going over this article because I wasted too much time on it. But basically, the guy, um, it's a it's a debunking article. It's supposed to make Heineck look bad. Um, it's surprisingly bad. And at the end, he goes, I'm afraid the 21st century scientists will contemplate with wonder the fact that in an age of science such as ours, the U.S. Air Force was required to sponsor repeated studies of UFOs. And this was written over 50 years ago. And guess what? They, they continued to study UFOs yeah. and they are doing it now. I can still. Well, yeah. Yeah, we really don't know. You know what I mean? We're yeah. studying them, but we're not really. St- we can't. We can't ha- even. Well, do they, we know of? There hasn't been outside. We can't even get one to study. Well, outside of the military, I don't think there's been a serious study and we don't know what what they've done because I think there's a lot of there's huge amount of compartmentalization. And um, if if you take into consideration the fact that it it may involve extremely high tech equipment that's worth trillions of dollars, nobody's going to talk about it. I mean, they say, well, you can't keep, you can't keep secrets like that. Well, let me, let me, if it involves a trillion dollars of potential revenue. Yeah. I think secrets can be kept. Yeah. But I mean, if the thing's crashing and nobody, no civilian, no civilian can keep their mouth shut. I don't care what you say. Well, and if a civilian sees it and gets it on his cell phone or her. Yeah. Well now, now back then, well, you take um, the Roswell thing. Well, supposedly well, there was yeah. there was a lot a ton of witnesses and people have come forward and um, now there would be you'd have like half a dozen the the troops there that were securing the the crash site you'd have half a dozen videos now yeah. with oh, these yeah. guys and these guys get out 
and yeah. they get out. Yeah. But back then, I mean, cameras were bulky and people, you know, well, they weren't that bulky, but they were, um, you know, pretty obvious when you whipped out a, a camera. It's not like you could tuck a cell phone in your pocket and turn it on record and just walk around. So, so this day and age with all the personal technology we have, so they just decided not to now because they'll get caught <laughs> before. So they're crashing back in the, but we can't, you know, we, we've got witnesses and not enough personal technology to get some real evidence outside uh, what the military has. But today we're just, is it just not happening today? Is it not whether it's not well? You mean the the sightings, the video yeah, catching mean, a video? I mean, I mean, we talked about how it would be difficult to be video or take a picture of things the way they move. Um, you know, like you said, you looked at you I've, know, what I've been I'm, doing sitting I, in the I, backyard I, looking at airplanes. Well, yeah, I Could still I have a picture of that. I still haven't been able to get a good picture of an airplane. Um, yeah, so when I've been I mean, running they, around, so. not, I guess they're not crashing anymore. Where, um, you know, we can we can where a civilian would get some video of it and then leak it because you know they would or sell it. More likely, they would be trying to sell it. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they'd put it on YouTube or something right away. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's. You know, we're still trying to, you know, figure all this out. I guess it could be kept. If the thing crashed in my neighborhood right now today, this minute. Oh, it'd be all over. Yeah, every, You'd have a yeah, dozen it, people. But it always seems to happen. And I, you know, even though it's a drone, it doesn't know to stay, stay away from populated areas because then you'll be seen. Well, the current, but, you know, the current UFO sightings are around warships. And then right. there was those drones that were running around, um, you know, the West I think Northern Colorado and those states up there that were driving people crazy. And apparently there were some serious investigations into th these things and nobody has any information on them. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, that's as of what's happening right now, but still nothing. We got video, like you said, we good, but it's not very good. Yeah. And, I don't, uh, I don't know. It takes uh well, it's like Galileo project at Harvard is uh, very high resolution cameras. And that may get us some nice pictures or videos, but it's the, the problem is, is deploying them. How so, is that funded? Is it funded by Harvard or is it millionaires? The military? Millionaires. It's is the military there? isn't funding it. They want to stay away from the government um, and any sort of government funding or um, use any government resources to do this. They want it to be yeah. a, and I think the reason for that is if they do manage to see something and capture something, uh, if it is a probe, unmanned probe, right. archaeological, you know, probe from a billion year old alien civilization, the tech that you could extract from it is worth trillions. Yeah. I mean, it's m more than trillions. I don't know what's above trillions. It might be worth more than that. Uh, if you just take the extrapolation of what Corsco Corso is potentially, you know, in his book, um, where he says that technology from Waswell was used to develop uh, microchips, uh, that's a multi-trillion-dollar uh, industry right now. 
everything's got chips in it. It's trillions. That's worth probably $10 trillion at this point. So, yeah, it's amazing. So what else, if that's what happened? Um, so as we plow through the book. Yeah, we're, we're, we spent all this time talking about other things. Yeah, I didn't realize that letter would, that article in science would take so long, but it's another, it's one of the things that I hate where you're not dealing with sort of rational People aren't arguing the facts. They're just sort of right. anytime. It's, I look at this now. If a person is criticizing you know, someone else's analysis or something have to do with UFOs, if they do any sort of personal attack on the person, I immediately discredit the person that's doing the debunking. Yeah. Because you don't need to do that with um, genuine things. Uh, if you're going to say, wow, you said this and you're stupid, I mean, or whatever the equivalent of that is, then you're just wrong. There's, you, yeah. If you can't argue the facts, go away. Well, let's state your case and move on. Yeah, I state mean, your case. Really- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Just shut up. Um, at, grow up. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Project Blue Book. Ruppelt is in charge of Project Blue Book. And for the first time, we have a serious adult <laughs> running, running the, the show. Running the show, but yep. he was—he also ran into a lot of um, pushback. Um, so uh, he talks about. I wonder if I, he talks about. Uh, he, he does, but in this chapter, I don't know where that came up. But in this chapter, he's got a phenomenal amount. Of- Unlimited cooperation with um, commands around the yes, in the US, yeah, maybe around the world. And he got I mean, um, he got a piece of paper that made Project Blue Book legitimate, which was Air Force Letter two thousand five, which I have a copy of. I haven't done buried in my pile. <laughs> um, and yeah. that letter gave Project Blue Book the authority to directly contact any Air Force unit in the United States without going through any chain of command, which is, and he goes, this was almost unheard of in the Air Force, and it gave our project a lot of prestige. So, oh, and another thing he has here, and I want to mention this, he says, Major Dewey J. Fornett got an additional duty of manager of the Pentagon branch. In the future, all Pentagon inquiries went to Major Fournette, and if he couldn't answer them, he would call me. Uh, the arrangement was excellent because Major Fournette took a very serious interest in UFOs and could always be counted on to do a good job. And this is a guy that um, I think uh, Kehoe would get information from. Oh, actually, it was uh, who's uh, the guy that um, that we talked about before, the contact at the Pentagon. His boss was Fournette for a while. Yeah. The I press guy, at the, you're talking about. yeah, the press yeah. guy at the Pentagon, his contact, who did, you know, and we, we'll get his name again. But he, he is con, his boss was Fornet. But with, what's interesting about Fornet, when NICAP was shut down, Fornet uh, participated in that, which I thought was interesting. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he gave a he gave his vote as a proxy vote to get rid of um, Kehoe and essentially shut down NICAP. So amazing. Yeah. So here we had someone who was very on, on board with the whole program, but after the Condon report came out um, 
and he was retired living in Louisiana. Uh, he, he came out and he, um, he helped shut down NICAP, which was doing fine. And then it was just did the weird, you know, shutdown. It was just knocked out. Yeah. Well, all that stuff kind of comes from the top. You know, yeah, I think so. Whoever's whoever, I think as of late, in, in as far as the fifties go, I think that the commanders finally figured out that there was something out there, and that it needs to be. They're not shooting at us, you know what I mean? It's like they're just flying around up there, and they're not. And we're just being inquisitive. Um, I think we think that they might. I mean, they, you know, we've got the you know alien abduction things that you know we've touched on well more than touched on. oh yeah and we'll, we'll come on but, we'll come back to that and there's things that i want to explore with that one of the things that i learned from this um firestorm book about james mcdonald is the ufo community uh thought that all these alien duction cases would eventually bring physical evidence so there's right. a, and it never did yeah nothing yeah yeah and so yeah i don't know what that or or, or nothing that or nothing that we have, nothing we know of. I yes, mean, yes. Yeah, does it, at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, that's where they hold everything. Just want to go on record again, yeah. saying that. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, know, apparently, apparently, I, I, ha- I could look that up, but it'd take me a minute. But the the Blue Book files were moved to uh, some archive, Air Force archive. So, and that's where. Yeah. McDonald was having to pay 35 cents a copy in the 1960s for Blue Book records. That's just to stop. That's just to inhibit people. Amazing. Um, one, I was just looking at the, the, my notes from this chapter, in, um, and we're doing chapter 10 for Project Blue Book. Yeah, the Blue Book buildup. And he says, uh, I guess Colonel Dunn was, was, was um, Ruppelt's boss at Blue Book, and he received a call from General Stafford's office. It seemed that a few nights before, one of the top people at the CIA was having a long part, lawn party at his home just outside Alexander, Virginia. A number of notable personages were in attendance, and they had seen a flying saucer. The, oh, really? Yeah. The report had been passed down to Air Force Intelligence, and due to the quality of the brass involved, it was suggested that I get to Washington on the double and talk to the host of the party. <clears throat> and I'm looking at the, <coughs> excuse me, I'm looking at the uh, Project Grudge and Blue Book reports 1 through 12. I'm not seeing anything about this, um, anything from Virginia, but I haven't done my homework or Maryland. So, but anyway, that's interesting. So, oh, Al Chop was the guy that was handling all inquiries from yeah. there from the press yeah, and he was mentioned yeah he was mentioned on that crazy ufo show on netflix too. yeah oh did oh did they i watched the yeah oh yeah they yeah oh my god that thing was so bad oh oh jeez read read a friggin' book do 10 minutes or, well you can't do it in 10 minutes <laughs> do some research do some real every, research a lot of people are interested in it though Oh, I, I thought it was okay. It's it it's gives it gives some information, um, but it was obviously done on the cheap. So, and I think it was yeah. just to to because there's going to be that J.J. Abrams UFO thing. It's coming out tomorrow on. Uh, I can't remember which. Oh, that tomorrow. Yeah, that one I sent. Yeah, yeah, 
the the um it's coming out tomorrow i don't know which it's hbo or or showtime i don't remember which one they're all the same wow. to me um cool but, how are we doing on time we right uh we're, we're we're close we're very we're almost at 60 right. minutes the uh so actually that's pretty much everything that we probably need to cover for blue book is yeah, on blue book okay. blue book has been given authorization it's full speed ahead um we haven't covered everything because we've been jumping around change the name word grudge is no longer applicable which is good because grudge is a horrible name yeah but it, and it didn't accomplish anything so they, they brought in the batil the memorial batil institute or whatever that is it's a big research uh, organization that does contract research for the government so blue book had contracted with them so that they could do, uh, they that provided a full staff. That Batil would provide an astronomer, physicist, chemist, mathematician, psychologist, and dozen other specialists if they needed it. And I'm not sure um, Heineck might have been contracted through Batil. Um, and then they assigned signed Al Chop to the press desk. So this actually, this is actually awesome because they. Uh, Blue Book is on its feet, and it's uh, ready to move forward in a professional manner. And then it falls All apart. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then they and screw it up. Apart. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it wrap up. Wrap. Yep. Thanks, thanks, Doctor Bill. Thanks for listening to the latest episode Pro Podcast. We welcome comments, questions. Or request to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at alienprobe.net. Listen to us on YouTube. Thank you very much. We've got twenty over 20,000 views. Uh, we're not on video as of yet, but um, thank you very much for checking it out. Twitter at alienprobepod. Thanks to our senior producer. And thanks again, Dr. Bill, for joining us. Robert, Appreciate senior it. producer, Robert right. Anthony. That's right, senior producer, Robert Anthony. Yes. Thank All right. You. All right. Okay. Bye. Wrap. I hope you.